This week had been one of those rare, slower kinds of weeks when it comes to political news, until this very past Wednesday. We got the breaking news that state senator-elect from Senate District 10, John McGuire, would be challenging in a primary Republican Congressman Bob Good, who's been in national news recently, for his efforts to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy, which he, of course, successfully helped to do with seven other Republicans. And so we're going to talk today about McGuire's background. Is he any good? Why is he challenging Congressman Good? And we're going to, of course, see why, even with a guy running like this that's not the most particularly inspiring candidate, and as we'll see, has a little bit of an interesting background when it comes to politics, why this could still present quite a challenge for Congressman Good. Get ready and buckle up. It's going to be a fiery episode today of Fight and Revive with Adam Boyer. America is no longer one nation under God. Are you ready to fight for revival? Well, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Fighting Revive with Adam Boyer. I did reach out to the McGuire campaign for comment as to some different allegations about his political career and why he's running for this office and did request answers for a few different questions. So far, the campaign has not responded to this show's request for comment. Now let's get into it. So it was, I believe, this Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember exactly which day, but it was Wednesday or Tuesday when the news came that just one week after getting electoral victory in an unopposed Senate seat, State Senate District 10, on November 7th. <clears throat> he had just won that seat, and uh, it had long been rumored that this was coming, and indeed, this week the news broke that he would indeed be challenging Congressman Bob Good, State Senator John McGuire. He uh, released a campaign, an email sent around to 5th District voters. I'm going to pull that up right now. Here it is. In a video uh, email sent around to 5th District voters, McGuire said this announcement. I'm a father, a Navy SEAL, a day one Trump supporter, a Christian conservative, and a pro-life, pro-gun business owner running to save America and help the people. Well, right there, he covered all the, all the bases for any good uh, Republicans starting campaign announcement. Uh, father, veteran, Trump supporter, got to get that in there. Christian conservative... Uh, I have some questions about both of those. Uh, and a pro-life, check that. Pro-gun, check that. Business owner, check that. Running to save America, check that. And help the people, check that. So already we have, what is that, nine talking points that we just we covered right off the bat. So, you know, good job to the campaign. Covering all the bases early. That's followed, by the way, <clears throat> by a picture of McGuire riding along in what appears to be a F-150. I can't know if that's an F-1 or 250. So, I mean, he's got good taste in trucks, at least, riding along with a Trump flag hanging from the back. So, nice little picture there for him. McGuire and Trump, all the way, the email says. Friends, I wanted you to be the first to know that I'm running for Congress. Together, we can save this great country. Here's how we do it. Get President Donald J. Trump back in the White House. Unify the Republican Party behind Trump and focus on beating the Democrats and our Marxist freedom-crushing policies. More bases covered. And, of course, deliver results for the American people. I'm working hard every day on accomplishing these goals. However, Bob Good has betrayed these goals by betraying Trump. Do tell. On the day our president was wrongly indicted, Bob abandoned Trump by endorsing another candidate. And then links to a story. We need a new direction in the 5th Congressional District. We're going to pause there. I have a question. Since when... 
has it been in American politics that a candidate is owed an office and owed support? Why is it now we hear that all of a sudden Donald Trump, because he was president once and is not president for a second term, and yes, I know the 2020 uh, election was rife with fraud and it may very well have cost Trump the presidency. That still does not mean he's owed it when there are other people that are better for it, okay? That's not the way politics works. Bob endorsed good back in 2020 in his first run, I believe in his re-election campaign in 2022. <clears throat> that does not mean Bob has to endorse Trump. Bob believes Ron DeSantis, the guy I'm actually supporting, obviously, as you can tell by my studio, uh, but Bob believes Ron DeSantis, who he has publicly endorsed, is the better candidate for the job. And so he endorsed him. And he did this early, before I think before DeSantis had even officially declared. And Bob was sticking his neck out. That's one of the things I love about him is that he is not afraid to... to he does not run his politics so he can run for re-election. I guess is a good way of putting it. He doesn't care what people think about him, okay? And in a good way. And he doesn't care if this is going to cost him votes. He does what he believes is right. All that to say, Bob does not owe Trump an endorsement. He did not abandon Trump. Bob has not said, all of a sudden started calling Trump a liberal or something. That that didn't happen. Trump has gone a little bit off the rails, if we're being quite frank. And he is not the conservative champion we're led to believe he is. He is really more, much more socially liberal on a lot of issues, certainly more than Ron DeSantis, who was the best governor in the nation, in my lifetime, in the entire nation, and maybe ever in the nation, certainly since the very early days of the nation, probably something like maybe Thomas Jefferson or Patrick Henry in Virginia. All that to say, Bob does not owe Trump an endorsement. Let's get back to the email. Here's how I see it. The email reads, our great country is under assault and is teetering on the brink. We don't have time for politicians who are focused more on personal vanity than on we the people. We don't have time for toxic infighting that cripples our party and country. And we don't have time for do-nothing politicians. I appreciate anyone who wants to serve in office, but our current congressman has failed us time and time again. He's more focused on getting on the news and serving himself than on serving the people. Our current congressman voted for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker, then through a temper tantrum reversed himself and allowed the party to fall into chaos, costing us the 2023 elections. Okay, that's just a lie. Look at public records. Bob did not vote for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. I, I'm reading this email again. I just realized that I, I, I've read this email several times. He didn't vote for McCarthy to be speaker. He voted against him, what was it, 14 times? And on the last ballot, when McCarthy finally got in, Bob did not, because he pledged to voters he wouldn't vote for McCarthy, so he didn't. He voted absent on it, after they got all the concessions they could out of McCarthy. So, I mean, that's, it's just a straight-up lie, and if you don't believe me for some reason, I mean, go look it up. It's not hard to find public records for congressional voting. Just see who are the congressmen that voted for and against Kevin McCarthy. Now you have to stipulate the first time, not the second time, but it's easy enough to find that. Republicans came together around Mike Johnson, the email reads, who is now working to clean up the mess our congressman created by his chaos-causing temper tantrum, costing us the majority here in Virginia. More problems there. First of all, Bob was one of the ones that got Mike Johnson in. We would have, wouldn't have had Mike Johnson in if Bob and the others hadn't gotten McCarthy out. And he's now working to uh, clean up. He's now working to clean up our mess created by our congressman, created by his chaos causing temper tantrum, causing us the majority here in Virginia. And he's blaming Bob, the fifth district congressman, for causing us the majority in Virginia state races. Really, really. 
I've I've been told time and again that the average American people they don't actually care that much about the speaker vote. So this is just stupid anyway. Republicans shouldn't be wasting their time on it. Okay, well, but it also cost us the election, really? No, no one voted against their local delegate in HD ninety eight. No one voted against the Republican because Bob Good supported Mike Johnson and wanted to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. That just does not work. So as you see, this campaign email already just just horribly done. As you know, Marxist Democrats now control the Virginia Assembly, which is going to hurt the people of Virginia badly. Instead of our current congressman helping the GOP team and the people of Virginia, he helped himself and the Democrats. Bob has been helping the GOP team. I'll give you just an example right off the top of my head. He endorsed Eric Zare, and he was campaigning with Eric Zare, who ran for and won for delegate. Bob is an extremely popular congressman. Again, he, people, there's a lot of people he's polarizing because he does a lot of stuff and gets good stuff done, but he has a lot of support, and people dislike him. But again, he did not cost us local races. That's not how politics works, and it's not how it did work. Ever since I won the convention to be your nominee for state senate, people from across the district have been urging me to run against the entrenched establishment congressman who has only served himself. I'm answering the call. Bob Good is establishment. Bob Good is establishment. The rhino, John McGuire, is calling Bob Good an establishment congressman. The man who voted against the establishment, he and only seven other people, had the nerve to vote against the entire establishment in the speaker vote. Really? It almost gives me a headache. This, this email is so rife with lies already. I mean, this is just incredible. Uh, he talks about... Um, uh, he blames Bob for for Israel somehow. He blames Bob for the situation in Israel. Uh, he, he says Bob yells at grandmothers. Yes, I'm not joking. He says Bob yells at grandmothers. Um, <clears throat> he, basically, he says Bob's too mean... Bob, he says he has a biblical worldview implying that Bob doesn't. Talks about him being a Navy SEAL and it goes on and it ends up ending. And I don't even know where to go from there. So we're just going to move on. As you can tell, that email, not exactly the smartest. Um, it may be publicly available. You might be able to find the email. Um, if not, you can listen to some of the interviews and look at some of the articles written about McGuire, and of course, I'm going to continue talking about him in this video. So, uh, I would like if that email became publicly accessible. I'll see if maybe that can be done. But um, if not, then um, yeah, try to do your correct research on McGuire to understand where I'm coming from here. So, with that said, let's get to some background on Mr. John McGuire, ladder climber McGuire, John McCarthy McGuire. Take your pick of nicknames. 2017. In HD 56, House Delegate, uh, House of Delegates District 56, he had a 59% win when he first ran. 2019, he ran again for HD 56 with 61% he won. 2020, he ran for the 7th Congressional District and lost 56 to 44%, I believe, to Nick Freitas in that primary. 2021, he runs again for the 7th Congressional District. 2023, he runs for the 10th Senate District and unfortunately beat a real conservative in the process. 2023, this year again, a week after he won the election to state Senate, he announces he's prim trying to primary Congressman Good in the 5th Congressional District. We tried very hard to warn people. The conservatives tried very hard to warn people of Senate District 10 when that race was going on that this guy's a political ladder climber. He's just going to run for another office. Congressman Good tried to warn them of that. He's not here to serve you. People would not believe it, and they unfortunately beat a real conservative by electing John McGuire. People did not believe it. 
Ugh, man, if this if this <clears throat> if this doesn't give you a headache yet, I don't I don't know what's going to. Very uh, he is a very similar type politically to Kevin McCarthy, who is now going to have millions of dollars along with the RNC coming in this district to try and defeat Bob. Um, this is one of the reasons this is going to be a challenge for Bob. McGuire, obviously, I mean, in terms of being a good candidate, that's the unfortunate thing, too, is he actually is a good politician. McGuire, he, there's something about him. To me, he holds no charisma whatsoever. I don't understand how people seeing him, but he is a good politician. He rallies people around him and gets support riled up for him when he really shouldn't. Um, but despite all that, um, and despite his establishment weak sauce rhino positions and votes, he is um, going to have millions and millions of dollars coming to the RNC, uh, coming to the district from the RNC, Kevin McCarthy and the powers that be to try to defeat Bob, who hate him. Uh, they hate him because of the speaker vote. They want to remove him, obviously. Uh, this was not a reported story, but I was told by a source very close to Congressman Good that uh, Kevin McCarthy approached him in on the floor of the House, not on microphone or anything, but uh, told him that he personally was going to be spending time in Bob's district try, uh, working against him. That's paraphrasing, of course, but basically that's what he said to Bob this year, trying to get, telling you, I'm coming for revenge, is what he's telling Bob. And so here we go. Lots of money, lots of outside help coming in the district. So here we go. It's going to be a very expensive and difficult race. And in part, it's going to be like that because the General Assembly of Virginia, bless their hearts, I believe is when they're controlled by Democrats, banned conventions, which gives a huge advantage to the establishment type. Why does it do this? So you have your different types of nominating process. Uh, the main three are convention, primary, and firehouse primary. Firehouse primary, not used that often. So we'll focus on the two. Primary is just, you know, you have the two guys running like it's a general election, but it's two or three or however many Republicans. You go to the polls, you vote for your for your Republican nominee, and um, or who you want to be the Republican nominee, and you have to have not voted Democrat. I think it's like in the last five elections or so. So just anyone can vote. The, you know, typical, you know, not particularly interested, but, you know, yeah, I'll go out and vote Republican voter. Conventions are a much more difficult process, which is why they're a good thing, because it requires people to be very motivated and dedicated to get it done. You have to actually fill out a form to go to a convention as a delegate. It's a little bit similar to the Electoral College, actually. What you're actually doing when you go to a convention to vote for your nominee is you have to first fill out a form, to, which are not hard to find, but you have to fill out a form to be a delegate, and then you give it to uh, you know, someone at your local Republican committee, which, again, not hard to find. And then you give it to them, whoever the appropriate person may be. You can find out. Again, not hard. And then you are actually voted on to become a delegate. And unless you know, you've something fishy like you have voted for Democrat recently, you're not going to be rejected. And you get to become, other than rare instances, and you get to become a delegate. And you get to go vote at that convention. And then... There are more nuances to it, such as each county getting a specific number of votes, but I won't get into it deeply. Basically, a convention requires much more dedicated and motivated and hardcore voters, which makes it more conservative typically, meaning it's much easier to get a conservative guy in and often beat an incumbent, especially if they're more establishment type, than it is with a primary. So because Bob is by far and away the more conservative of the two candidates, there, it being a primary is going to help McGuire, and of course, to combine that with the money. So, 
Um, yeah, that's why this race is going to be difficult. Um, McGuire is not a good candidate, or he, I should, you know, rephrase that. He is a good candidate. He's a horrible, not a Republican. Okay. <laughs> I will uh, caveat that. He is a Republican, but Mitt Romney is also a Republican. Is he a conservative? Absolutely not. The fact that he's saying Congressman Good voted for McCarthy, calling him an establishment, you know, establishment hack, just is appalling. And this is why I'm building, trying to build a resistance to him. One of the other men that are also trying to build a resistance to him is a very good close friend of mine, my cousin Luke Boyer, who we're going to bring on the show now. Uh, he is a guest analyst for Fight and Revive, and he's going to be coming on now to give us some opinion on the race between John McGuire and Congressman Bob Good. So, Luke, welcome to the show. Seems so far McGuire is hinging his campaign on uh, Orange Man, very good, Bob Man, very bad. So, uh, with that in mind, what do you make of the campaign so far? Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me back on. Good to be here. Um, I think it's interesting that, first of all, when you look at the uh, you know the campaign in its early stages, but First thing let's look at is let's look at some big name endorsements that have come down the pike for both candidates. Um, you have Bob endorsed by former uh, Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase and popular conservative radio show host John Fredericks, uh, runs a radio show up near, uh, I believe, Charlottesville. If not, you can edit this out. Um, but both both of those folks are some of the bigger names for Trump, the bigger Trump supporters in Virginia. Um, I find it interesting that Bob being so anti-Trump um, is, you know, supported by, you know, supported by two of the biggest pro-Trump names in Virginia. Um, secondly, I think that it's, you know, I think Bob has had some endorsements in the past that I have disagreed with. I don't think that's any, you know, that's any reason that, you know, us as Virginians and residents of the 5th District and constituents of Bob should consider voting against him. I, I think it's a lot more important to, um, you know, look at what he's look at what he's done, look at what he's accomplished, the stuff he's passed, the stuff he's voted for. And if you look at that, McGuire um, can't really say much about that because, you know, there's there's not a, there's not a lot of room to not a lot of room to be critical. Of exactly. That. There's no there. With McGuire too, there's no there's no record you can look back at either and say, oh yeah, John McGuire did this that made Virginia such a better place. Whereas with Bob, it's true that in his first few years there wasn't a whole lot he could get done because he was in the minority, and his opponents liked to attack him on that as if he could do anything more than any of the Republican congressmen when we're working in the minority. But that was one of the really big things he did. We have the majority now, and we got rid of a really bad Rhino speaker. And as I mentioned earlier in the email. Uh, you can correct me here if I'm wrong, but Bob did not vote for Kevin McCarthy either time, right? No. Uh, so if you recall, the first time I was, it was over 14 rounds of voting um, before Kevin McCarthy was elected speaker. And in those 14 rounds, McCarthy made compromise after compromise with the, you know, the Freedom Caucus, the conservative members of Congress. Um, and we, you know, a lot of good stuff came about because of the because of the compromises McGuire, or excuse me, a lot of good stuff came about because of the compromises McCarthy 
um, was forced to make. And on the final vote, when McCarthy finally secured the victory, uh, Congressman Good, Congressman Gates, other other folks like that, they still didn't vote for him. They voted present, you know, basically an abstention um, so that, you know, he would have a majority of voting members, you know, enough to get enough to get enough to get the 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 amount of votes he needed. So to say that um Congressman Good voted for McCarthy, you know, either time is inaccurate, it's false. Um it but you know, it, it could it could have been if you look at the way it's worded, it could have been, you know, a typo, a misprint um in the email, but if not, it's I think it's something that uh Mr. McGuire absolutely needs to be called on because, you know, it's not only is it inaccurate, it's you know it's provably you know clearly yeah, inaccurate. it's not hard to find to find the public records. I mean, it's not like the congressional votes are, are you know swept under the rug and hard to find. Uh, another thing he says in the email is uh, that Bob threw a temper tantrum, reversed himself, which he says he voted for McCarthy, threw a temper tantrum, reversed himself, and allowed the party to fall into chaos. Which I disagree. I don't think the Republican Party was in chaos. First of all. Nor do I think this, the House being non-functional because of a lack of speaker was anything to be worried about because I feel like they just didn't do any damage for once. And then he blames Bob for costing us the 2023 elections and says later in the email, his chaos-causing temper tantrum cost us the majority here in Virginia. What do you say to that? Well, I think it's a bold claim, first of all, to assume that Congressman Good's actions on a national level affected the elections on the state level. Um I think it's interesting that we in my apologies, ladies and gentlemen, right here, the audio for the phone call. We ended up having some trouble with it and something that was going to be tricky to edit out. So the audio for this next little bit here, this, this just this next couple seconds is muted. So my apologies for that little imperfection. Now we will resume with the episode in just a second. I think it's interesting that, you know, and you wouldn't know this uh, if you weren't very involved in local, you know, Virginia politics, but I think it's interesting that in a year where the Virginia establishment, the more left-leaning, the more moderate side of the Virginia establishment, the Virginia, you know, the more left-leaning, more moderate side of the Virginia Republican Party, in a year that they were very active and launched a lot of, you know, you know, a, a lot of hits, if you will, on more conservative, outspoken members of the House and Senate and sadly won a lot of those bids. Um, I think it's interesting that in the same year you see that, you also see, you know, a lack of support for Republican candidates. Almost like almost like there's a correlation between uh the fact that there's more establishment candidates running under the Republican nomination and the fact that we're getting less votes as a whole from the you know I agree absolutely 100% completely. Luke Boyer, thanks for coming on the show. Always great to have you. Thank you for having me on.